Attention listeners, learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. You know we'll never be 100% perfect, though you can chase it. Every piece of knowledge you add to your tool belt just makes you a more rounded person. Jamie is going to be raining value every single episode, along with the amazing guests that he has on the show. They'll be from all walks of life, from all different industries, all sharing their amazing and individual unique stories. Everyone has a story. Everyone has learnings from their experiences, and we want to share that with you. As Jamie loves to say, let's go get it. Alrighty, everyone, welcome to the next show, Learn, Grow, Do, and Repeat. We have a very, very special guest on today, a very young, super successful female entrepreneur, that's right, female entrepreneur, uh, who has recently entered a new journey uh, after selling out of her very first business, which was super exciting. So her first name I've got down pat, Adriana. The second name, here we go, Anne Dalkovich. Perfect. (laughs) You're winning already. Great job, great job. Welcome to the show. Thank you. To the episode, to the uh, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat podcast. So, how are you? I'm pretty fabulous. Oh, there you go. Fabulous. Excellent, excellent. Love it, love it, love it. All right. So. We're going to start off with some rapid fire questions. Ooh. Yeah. And then we'll get stuck into a little bit more about yourself and the whole journey of Sounds female good. entrepreneurship. So, favorite song right now? Oh, it would have to be King Henry. What about King me? King Henry. Okay. It's a good there tune. it is. Favorite song when you were 18? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. Probably like Fall Out Boy or Panic at the Disco. Yeah, but they're a bit boring. Like, what song though? <laughs> what song? What song though? My friends are going to kill me for not remembering. I have no idea, but it was probably something really, really sad. When you first slow. got your license, what was the song you always played? That's so bad that I don't remember. What a terrible interviewer. Interviewee. <laughs> Come on, give me one. Um, something. A song, not, a, not an artist. <laughs> I have no recollection. That's shocking. I'm All right, sorry. We'll, we'll let it slide. I this pass. Time. I know. But, <laughs> This is not uh this is not humans being millionaire. Um, I won't pass anymore, I promise. Love it, love it. I remember me it was uh, Ministry of Sound. So I used to always play songs off Ministry of Sound, driving a footy training, it was good old days. That's a good one. Favourite song to get you pumped up? Oh, anything with a good beat, like Rufus. Um, song, not artist. Right, song. No. <laughs> Because the listeners want to go and download these songs. You can download all of Rufus's new album. It's really great. The plug. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I work for them. Um, Anything by Flume, pretty much. Ziggy Alberts is really chill, but I love his new album as well. It's very, like, gets you pumped up in a very chilled way. So I'm sorry they're all albums, but (laughs) it's Spotify, guys. You've got an album got 30 songs or 20 songs to pick from, so you give me more. Favourite movie? Um... Of all time, it would have to be Finding Nemo. <laughs> I cannot deny that. What? It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. What about Finding Nemo creates it to be your favourite? Oh, everything. The, like, the journey you go on, the hope, the becoming friends, um, the persistence. Of oh, the fish. <laughs> the fish. The fish I love friends. them. Okay. Probably because I'm a vegetarian, so I'm all for the, you know, protecting the fish. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Well, it is based in Australia, so it is a good movie. Or in Sydney at some stage there. Um, one thing you hate slash dislike, can't say coriander. <laughs> this is terrible, but I'm going to be really honest. Please do. I hate listening to people chew <laughs> and eat food. Um, my family will vouch for that 110%. Um, okay. Okay. Of 
quite an inconvenient pet hate, but you know, we'll go with it. We have to eat multiple times a day. Yes, yeah, so as long as I can't hear you, you're good. You're talking about like a noise cancelling headphones. Um, funniest slash craziest thing you have done? Oh, funniest or craziest or both? Oh gosh, um, I've done a lot of bizarre things in my time. I think it comes with being an entrepreneur. You just yeah. it's drilled True. into you to do crazy things, but. One that's more recent was in Thailand, and I decided to go for a swim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe slightly intoxicated at yeah, night time, yeah. and I put my hand and on a sea urchin and my foot, and I was in the Thailand hospital on my first night of my holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very interesting, and okay. the night did grow into a very interesting yeah, series of events. Um, did it hurt? Hurt is an understatement. It really? was probably one of the most painful experiences. Uh, and wow. they're poisonous, so I was very terrified for my life. Yeah, definitely. Um, but as you do, I kept partying. Yeah. I was like, well, what else you going to do? You're in Thailand. That's what you do now, yeah? Yeah. I went to the hospital at 8 a.m. the next morning, so I had a really, wasn't really a, good night. Wasn't a priority. <laughs> no, Got stabbed not. by a steer. Not a priority. <laughs> partying is number one. Always. Love it. Um, listening to a, or reading a book or listening to an audio book? At the moment, I'm um, reading... Earth, the Earth is Hiring by Peter Kelly. It okay. is amazing. It's all about millennials and our way of thinking, living, mm-hmm. earning money. Yeah. Um, I would actually recommend it to everybody. Anyone and everyone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you do you prefer to read a book or would you prefer to listen to an audio book? Hundred percent read. Read. Um, okay. I, I've loved reading since I was a kid. So yeah. for me, it's you're a reader. Yeah. A reader. It's <laughs> all I don't read because I make up words. <laughs> <laughs> Very good English. <laughs> Summer. Or winter? Summer, 100%. Summer. I was born as a summer baby. There you go. Okay. What was one moment in your life that really shaped you? Um, oh, gosh. So, so many. Um, recently, I'd say closing my last business. Um, it really taught me how to think out of the box and make really quick decisions that were my own and mm-hmm. not other mm-hmm. people's okay. and kind of defy the odds a little bit of what you're meant to be doing and totally listening to just gut feeling, mm-hmm. which now mm-hmm. I hop on about a lot <laughs> in yeah. my work, yeah. Um, yeah. but it taught me how to do that in a profound way. Okay. So that was like probably one of the one moment in life, like what was one thing you look back on that was the thing that really shaped you to be? Probably the night lying in bed crippled with absolute anxiety, couldn't move, couldn't eat. Um, and I let myself think, okay, if nothing was a, you know, a thing right now, I remember laying in my bed, just staring at the ceiling for hours. I thought, what would I do? What, what would I do if it was, you know, not a thing, no one on my back, no money is an issue. What would I do? And this little voice in my head and I'm saying, I've been laying there for hours, just whispered and it was like, close the business. (laughs) And, you know, and then the voice just kept reassuring me that, I would figure it the rest out. I had no idea my career path after yeah. that. All mm. I knew was that career didn't feel good anymore. You need to sell out. And the Get whisper out. just was so there and it was faint and soft and I was like... Just enough there. Yeah, just yeah. enough. Yeah. If you're listening, it's always there. Yeah, definitely. If you could choose one person in the world to go to lunch with, who would it be? And you only have two hours. Okay, if you can see my face right now, <laughs> I look very disappointed. Well, no, um, <laughs> no, uh, not be able to see your face because this is a microphone. Um, I know up. that, but <laughs> um, I'm going to say something really morbid because okay. um, it can be anyone in the world. Anyone in the world. Are they alive and well? We'll say anyone anytime. Oh, so right. they could. You could have gone back in time. All right, I'm going. I'm gonna. Yeah, then I'm gonna stick with my initial answer. I'm gonna go back in time, and I'm honestly a very raw answer. I'm gonna say my dad. 
Um, I was 18 when I lost my dad and I think if I had two hours with him now, for starters, I'd just tell him I love him, but um, I would just grill him and what did you do? What would you do differently? What did you love? What was your childhood like? I don't know all these things. An 18-year-old doesn't really care about yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But as an adult now, yeah. um, I think it'd be really beautiful to ask love all that stuff. It. And amazing. he was an amazing business owner and say, you know, what set you apart? Mm. What set you skyrocketing without, you know, an education, um, illiterate, um, you know, all those things he had not going for him yeah. depression everything what made you different to everyone else to be able to get it and go and go and love what it. would you tell me to do what advice would you give yeah, yeah definitely yeah. love that love that yeah. tell us something that no one knows about you <laughs> I feel like everyone knows everything about oh, me not, not everything because uh, you're about to tell us something we don't know okay yeah that's it you just put me on the spot there that's interesting um rapid fire yeah so i guess the point of it um i think that how much I still battle with everything, even though I put on a very strong front. And I think that's one thing that I get commented on a lot. Everyone's always like, oh, you know, you're just like happy and together and um, everything like always works for you. And it's a really beautiful perception and I do value all those things in my life. Um, but I think it's a really important thing, not in a not because I think everyone has to weigh, but because it's the truth that there's still days where I don't want to move and that my old anxiety um, just comes back with a vengeance and is pulling me down and the voices in my head get pretty intense and yeah, I don't think I even talk about that thing about the voices a lot ever, even through the work I do now with people, mm. but yeah, that's one thing that I'd love to start sharing more about. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Okay, there it is. There's something that no one knew about Miss Adriana. What was 10-year-old Adriana like? <laughs> she was funny. She was uh, funny. <laughs> well, tell us your favourite joke when you were 10 years uh, old. Come on, let's make us laugh. She's funny, guys. Here we go. I was funny in a little uh, awkward way, I think. I um, was really ambitious. I was already thinking about how, what could I do to change the world? And, you know, already on my mind was becoming a vegetarian and you know global warming and saving water and all these things that a 10 year old should not have been thinking of um i started writing you know picture storybooks i was my grandparents even would say you're always drawing or writing something i was obsessed very visual um very yeah and yeah, yeah always like at my parents were pretending I was in the office, um, <laughs> pretending I ran everything yeah, yeah, in a swivel definitely. chair. It was great. Answering the phones. Yeah. So Love ten-year-old it. me was very intense, but a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Had the mind of a, a little bit older than a ten-year-old. Always. Um, all right. What's one trait or quality in people that you sort of always like your social circle that you have now? Like, is there one trait across say the, the top five people that is common across all five? Yeah, I would say definitely. And that's most important to you as well. I actually thought about my top five people I spend a lot of time with um, just the other day. I wrote them down. They all have this like really intense love for life. And I think that's one of the things that more than anything you can be. Obviously, I'm super ambitious and that's great for me. Um, I have friends that are you know, really chilled and that's amazing for them. And I'm like, oh, cool, everyone brings something different. But the key element is that they love life and they're like, you know, I love being a teacher. I love being a mum. 
I love traveling, whatever it is. Whatever it is for them. My friendship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so, living life to the max, I guess. Yeah. And getting the most out of it. And being, in, their, in their version, though. And I think that's what I'm learning because I always wanted to put my things onto mm. people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now that I'm a bit older, I'm like, no, it's not about that. Yeah. It's about figuring yeah. how to have a love life separately. Yeah. And I guess getting in business and then and wanting to be an entrepreneur and create businesses, some people like that. Some people like may you know resent that in you again being female, being young, being successful. You know again, like you said, as you get older, you start to realize that not everyone is going to go on that journey of business or yeah. or chasing their dreams, whether it be sport or their career, whatever it might be. Um, so, but like you said, if there's always like that general consensus, like there's an understanding between the group of friends, which is great. Yeah. I'm the same. Like I've got friends that probably won't ever get into business, but like their drive and their commitment to what they do for a job is amazing. Like it's I, incredible. Yeah, and I think that's even more powerful because there's a lot, and I've been thinking about this a lot this week actually, there's a lot at the moment about you know only being an entrepreneur and I think that's not the only way. Mm, definitely. Like, yeah. I want to support my friends, even my own clients that I have now in learning to love whatever job they yeah. have, um, yeah. no matter what, you know, yeah. a, a parent, um, a nine-to-five worker, a part-time worker, a yeah. crazy entrepreneur, someone yeah. who wants to work 80 hours a week, whatever yeah. it might be. And the rest, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, let's, definitely. Let's do it. Let's I guess just... it's, it's all about, like, that fulfillment. Exactly. Like whatever it is for you. Because, again, everyone's at a different stage of life or at different visions for life. Some people are happy to have that nine-to-five job and have the white picket fence and two and a half kids, you know. And if that's all that they want, then that's all they'll get and that's what they want, you know, so it's good good on them. Yeah. Um, but there's people out there who want more, you know, um, and they're all on a journey, they're all doing their thing uh, and you should support them every way, either way. Um, all right. So how old were you when you started your first business? I was 21. 21. Was a little spring chicken. It's cool. Cool. And what was that? Um, so I had just finished studying at RMIT. I did fashion design and technology and there was really no business component. There was a... a class on it which I aced by the I wasn't good at a lot so um you know I'd rather party than study yeah. um so I finished and I was like you know what I don't really want to work for somebody um what if I just started a business um I was 21 I just I'd been through a lot in the last few years um I'd been really sick so I think I had had this rude awakening of like you know what, Adriana, life is really precious. It's not short, it's precious uh, and it's fleeting. And you're this age once, I had nothing to lose. Um, money, a bit of money in the bank, I feel a little bit for what yeah. a 21 year old has. Yeah. Lived at home with my mom, she was super supportive. Um, a sewing machine and the internet. What more does a girl in fashion need? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, did you have a job at all, or you pretty much went straight from uni I straight was, to? Yeah, I was. Um, Working at a gym doing okay. sales. Okay. So a natural go. born sales girl, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I actually was there for a few years into my Mickey Rose yeah. journey, which yeah. is my fashion label. Yeah. Um, until I kind of pulled the pin on working somewhere yeah. else at all, which probably took me about two years. So from the gym to from when Mickey Rose started, a transition of two yep. years to full-time Mickey Rose. Yeah, yeah. and okay. I'd actually recommend that time frame to a lot of people. Um, mm. Everyone's journey is so different, yeah. but it was nice um, to, to learn how to do both, yeah. have that income, yeah. and then, okay, gung-ho into Mickey Rose Correct. Yeah. Um, and really focus. But I started the business really small um, when I was 21. <laughs> I don't think I quite realized what I was getting myself into, but I did it nonetheless. Yeah. It was a really yeah. amazing, yeah. amazing year. And what you sold last year? Yeah. 
so what four years of yeah trade a solid four years um of you know having the brand and running it really well really steady. how big did you get on was it national international was it yeah, our, our growth was really, I still say out because I feel like my team is still <laughs> mine, um, was really amazing. So I worked out that we doubled in revenue every uh, every quarter, okay. um, which is amazing. Yeah. So we started off really, really small and then I had manufacturers in Melbourne. So a team sewing for me in Melbourne, um, someone who helped me out a few days a week, my creative assistant. <laughs> um, and you got to give it a cool title. Yeah. Oh, creative sure. assistant. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um, and some other subcontractors. Yeah. And then, so I was running, running that team for a while. Yeah. Um, which was amazing and then we grew to be in 35 stores globally so um, I got approached by Canada and Iceland and New Zealand and I was like are these people serious (laughs) I'm just a girl in my bedroom (laughs) (laughs) is this spam or is this a real company contacting me it was amazing and then I realized wow I'm really onto something and what I realized was people wanted part of me in their stores you Mm -hmm. know this story I told through my brand and um, it was ethical and organic and this passion and drive I had behind that people like you know I want that yeah, yeah uh, and that yeah. taught me a lot about as business. well as the product they wanted more of you know the story the brand behind it exactly not right. so much just the product yeah which is pretty like especially nowadays like it's it's you can get product like just a million different of the same thing yeah you know? so what's gonna what's the biggest selection you make when you go there most of the time it's gonna be the brand yeah like when well, you walk into a store it's I'd rather buy a Nike t-shirt than a I don't even know another brand, like, you know, Puma, for example. You know, I'd rather buy Nike. One, their designs are better, but two, the brand is tenfold better as well. Exactly, and you're drawn to that. And I think I understood business without realising how much I yeah. understood business. Yeah. Um, and that there's this thing that kind of drives you to be different um, to other people. If you're just following, and I'm going to use that word, like your truth the whole time, yeah. it yeah. kind of just grows you really organically. And the growth was, it was really organic. You said that you knew business without even really knowing business or you thought you did like, how though like in what way like when did you realize that shit you know what i'm doing here is actually working or 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 what i think it was about honestly about two years in so i was about 23 at the time um i was quitting my my full-time at the time job um at the gym, at the gym yeah. and yeah. i was working in heroes full-time and i realized at that moment, I I didn't understand everything, but for where I was at, I understood growth and scale, and you know, using my Excel sheet to manage my finances <laughs> and it. approaching wholesalers and keeping relationships was one mm, thing that mm. I learned I was really good at. So yeah. keeping relationships with all my stores and with my um, customers as well, and sharing my journey and my story through social media um, and all these things that came really naturally to me and planning I was very organised and you need that planner freak yeah freak yes definitely I can totally testify to that I was the complete opposite (laughs) when I started Um, but then yeah now I've got Excel spreadsheet I've got Todoist I've got everything everything's online some of my friends sometimes like to say like you're just too planned out it's too structured it's like you know what man you can do your thing I'll do my thing we're all happy days you know um all right, cool. So, when when you were in Mickey Rose, like, what were some of the things that like you were looking for for growth, or like, what were some of the things that you wanted to? Like, was there a time, like, even before that time, when you thought, okay, cool, maybe I'm going to time to sell. Maybe after two years, did you sort of maybe doubt it? Did you ever think of wanting to leave, quit, sell it? I think I 
doubted it uh, every day. There you go. <laughs> so if you are <laughs> in a business yeah. right now, <laughs> totally testify to that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I honestly, the amount of times I cried, the amount of times I picked up the phone and you know called my sister or best friend or my brother and said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. I don't. And I didn't. Um, or you know, I lost this customer or I got a complaint or. Um, and dealing with that was huge. And I think I learned a lot of coping mechanisms along the way. But at the time, I didn't quite have those coping mechanisms, you know, in my backpack, I always of say. Just rip them out. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I was just learning as I went. But I think there was a lot of self-doubt. Um, a lot of my stress as well, I think it's really important to mention, was around money. Uh, where was it coming from? It's very expensive to forecast a season in the fashion mm. industry. You're doing it um, well in advance, aren't you? Yeah, you're yeah. working about a year in advance, yeah, well. and I was completely self-funded. Mm, so yeah. I had to sell a certain amount of stock um, or loan myself money yeah, um, yeah. to even get fabric for a year's time, and yeah, you were just yeah, working yeah. so far in advance. So it was really trying scary. Trying to pick trends and trying to pick the markets and trying to pick. Yeah, and luckily, trends-wise, um, I realised that I could dream the trends which is really really crazy it was seriously like i would dream them i would scribble them on a notepad and i would turn them into real ideas um so it was a pretty epic way to play the collection did you ever dream a collection that didn't work out no everything i did worked out there you go (laughs) there was a few and there was a few designs that i was like okay i thought that would be stronger um but it wasn't or that i had to rush at the end because it never came to me naturally Uh, and it needed to flow and i would just chuck it in there yeah um be like let's go so the fashion industry you know especially your listeners are in it is a very interesting one um i definitely still know a lot about it even though i've left it yeah um i don't fully feel like it was for me anymore but i still support heaps of people in that yeah. industry because i know the nitty-gritties of it yeah yeah yeah. you said then that that there was times when like when you'd ring your brother or your sister or your friend that you didn't know what to do but why did you keep going though because I am absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. because the passion inside of me mm-hmm. was just on fire. And I realized really early you weren't meant to know. And I think it's a really common misconception in business and in life in general that you're like, oh, I don't know. So hands up, I surrender. I'm in fear mode. Yeah. I'm yeah. stepping out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. what I realized is that no one really knows the next step. Yeah, and yeah. I was just fortunate enough that some people around me had experienced yeah. the next step, okay. but I wasn't meant to know. Yeah, yeah. And I think I found comfort in that. And I think everyone can. You're actually not meant to. Yeah, when you think about it now, like where we are today, like two years ago, would you have known the plan or the map that where you'd be now? I would have sworn not, by yeah. the fact that I would stay in the fashion industry and yeah. absolutely, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it comes to like you personally, like, again, you went to uni, how many were in your class? Maybe like what, 20, 30? I have no idea. Love well, you guys. But <laughs> like, how many, like, there was, like, I think there was a decent, like a hundred or something. Not 100. in class, oh, but well, in your... class you'd have like 30, but you'd yeah. move around a Okay, bit. so yeah. in, your, in your design class, yeah. how many were in that class? About 20, yeah. 20. So out of that 20, did any of them go on to create their own label, get into, that you know of, or, or 
Yeah, a lot of girls did different things, but one girl actually in my little circle of friends, um, she opened a really amazing fashion wear label. Okay. Shout out to you, Belinda. <laughs> um, and she, yeah, did some really incredible things and yeah. has stores now. So it was two of you that added that 20. What about the other 18? I have no idea. I think a lot moved on to different things, yeah. which is really interesting. Because yeah. what I'm asking, or the reason for that is like, why, like, what about you that, why did you not even go and get a job? Did you just say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go and create my own brand? Like, why, what, what's, what was in your head? I know we touched on it a little bit, but like, to even yeah. think about it, that's one thing. Like, people would love to get into business. People always toy with these ideas. Then to actually do it yeah, is like the next thing. I think a major thing growing up in a business or family owned of business, Growing up in a family, wow, <laughs> of business owners, good yeah. one, um, was, you know, it's in your blood, it like yeah. runs through you. Um, my dad was super ambitious, open business at about 20, I think, um, and ex- excelled in every business he opened to a multi-million dollar levels, incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I watched that and I was like, there is something in that that I can do too. And the funny thing is, both my parents thought I was kind of crazy. So it's by the age of twenty-one. Yeah, and I were like, "What is? Who created this girl?" <laughs> um, but I think this voice, and I sat talk about that a lot. But it's what I listen to and how I make decisions. Was just like, "What do you have to lose?" And a lot of people were saying at the end of the uni, get a job, be a buyer, work in the industry, get mm-hmm. your feelers out there, make contacts. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, but for what? And right now I think about it and I actually can't believe the 21-year-old me did that. Um, I'm happy she did. And I think I realised, and again, this is what I like preach and preach and preach, but you can start really small. Mm, So to paint a little picture, I started in the garage at my grandmother's house sewing bibs um, with little Velcro closers and selling them to friends. And then selling the bibs on Facebook. They were just bibs. And then people were like, oh, I'd love the leggings in this pattern. Okay, let's sell leggings. It was really this step-by-step process. I knew that if I needed to back out of it, obviously I could go look for a job. Of course. Because... Well, you technically had one at the gym. Yeah, I had one at the gym. In the industry, I should say. Of course, yeah. Um, But I realised it wasn't necessary. Mm. Every step of the way, there was growth. Because I took one step at a time. Okay, bib. Okay, bib. And yeah, like you're going off the customer sort of demand. Like they wanted leggings. Cool, you got leggings. They wanted hoodies. They got hoodies. They wanted jumpsuits. They got jumpsuits. Yeah, I was listening. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as I got bigger, I kind of did my own thing because I, I understood it more. Yeah. Um, and you felt more in control. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. just went with. I went with that feeling inside of me, and as well, I took a really big leap. Of leap of faith moving to manufacturing of putting in a lot of money yeah, so I yeah. like I said I, I, I was self-funded yeah. so I put in all the money I had saved yeah, um, yeah. over many like years yeah, of course. and yeah. kind of just backed myself yeah. and you mm-hmm. just have to there's just this thing in your head that says how many it. different products did you so you started with the bibs why bibs <laughs> why bibs because um, it was easy or it's just funny thing is they weren't really that easy to make <laughs> um, well I think it's a, a product that you know you, if you've got kids you're going to need one. Well, yeah, a lot so of people... demand in a way. Yeah, a lot of people used. Um, there was a lot of fabric for it to buy. Adult bibs. Adult bibs. Business idea. <laughs> it's an industry. People <laughs> said to me, I should do that. And I was like, let me do my thing, guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so how many products did you have? Like, well, 
I wouldn't say styles because there's probably a billion different styles, but like if you started off with bibs, like maybe in the first six months, well, how much did it grow? Like uh, what, 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 what was your product range? Yeah, in the first six months, really small. Um, I had a range of bibs that were reversible, like I said, probably like four different styles and a range of leggings. Again, probably about four different okay. styles. Like and then 12 months? I then introduced bibs that matched the leggings. <laughs> so I, I played it, you know, I was being mindful, yeah. but then I grew a massive range of leggings. So like instead of four, I think it was like, well, yeah. For okay. So you stayed in the leggings space, for a long but you just time. opened up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for really, yeah. probably yeah. for about uh, almost two years, I was known for my legging. That's how really? I got my name out there. I was like the funky leggings girl. So was there any other product, or still just the bibs and leggings? Yep. Yep. And I just trusted myself. Back. So just bibs and leggings. That's it. Yeah. The first two years. Yeah. And I backed it and backed it and backed it. Oh, and there was like a dress in there somewhere. Um. That That's was awesome. like a, mm. you know, a little flash yeah. kind of yeah. pick me up yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and then it was t-shirt. So it was a t-shirt and a legging that matched okay. um, with the bib that matched. I love that though. Cause like you haven't, you didn't try and take over the world in the first six months. So I'm going to be the biggest label. I'm going to have 400 different products and all these different colors and styles and patterns. You just said, you know what? I'm going to do bibs. And then, oh, they want leggings. Let's bring leggings. And you start yeah. for two years. And I'm going to do it really, really yeah. well. And I'll just team, dominate that space. Yeah, and be known for that. Like, mm. my mm. first wholesalers just bought leggings because they knew they were cool. They knew they were organic. Yeah, um, And definitely. then from there, I went into the space of designing my fabric, yeah, which okay. was amazing. Yeah. So designing your fabric meant that I could then add another element exclusive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, organic, yeah. ethical, made in Melbourne, oh, and they're exclusive patterns. Right, there you go. So good uh, theory there. Yeah, love it, it love was, it. it was. Love it. Again, a lot of people probably start a business and it's exciting and you want to sort of take over and introduce like the whole 10-year plan in the first month. Yeah. You know, but I think that journey, like what you've done is sort of epitomizes that, that you don't have to, is that you can become a, a, an expert in one field whether it be whatever product you, or service you sell. And then slowly as the demand grows, you can start to add add product on uh, like you did. Yeah, uh, and, and, yeah, yeah. and understanding what you want to be good at, I mm. think is really important. Yeah, yeah. I knew leggings and that, uh, that you know organic jersey kind of soft fabric was yeah. my niche. It was my thing. And I nice. got really good at understanding how it washed, how it wore, yeah. everything about it. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, let's do that's this. That's my thing, yeah. yeah. Um, and then that's when I dropped my biggest collection, which was mind-blowing amazing. Um, and that was a dress, bib, le- T-shirt, leggings, pants. Full set. Uh, full set. And then it had, you know, different patterns, but everything okay. mi- mixed and matched. Yeah, and then yeah. It all sort of flowed together. Yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. was unisex. And then I got known for this other element. It was a pretty cool process. Yeah. I love that as well because at the same time, like you're obviously still learning business in general, not even thinking about, well, I've got to try and think of a, a new design or a new color. So while you're still only focusing on leggings and bibs, you're still going for the challenges of learning business and understanding what a business needs to do. And, you know, understanding a profit and loss, mm. understanding communication skills, understanding yeah. marketing, yeah, selling, um, understanding branding. organic yeah. growth, which was really important to me. How long ago was this? This would have been, what, five years ago now? Mm, not quite, about three. So it was social media. So maybe social media was powerful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I grew it through Instagram. Yeah. Um, I was on that 
kind of trained pretty early, yeah. um, which I think really supported my brand. Yeah. And in yeah. the end, through Instagram, I had 80 to 90% of my sales wow. coming through. Okay. How, what was your theory then? Like, how did you do that? Like, was there a lot of work? <laughs> a lot of work. A lot of, a lot of man hours. Yeah, the theory was, um, although very meticulous as everything I did kind of was, it was that I would share my story, that mm-hmm. I would share my share your story. Yeah, the journey of what I was doing behind the scenes, um, how the fabric was made, how you know my timelines went behind the scenes, photo shoots. I was really passionate about the environment as I grew my business um, and consumerism and I would share on my Insta stories, you know, little snippets of what does it mean when we buy too many more t-shirts than we need? What does it mean when we buy organic over um, plain cotton and really share hard hitting real facts? Um, And I just, you know, shared and shared and shared and got passionate and got in front of the camera and didn't kind of shy away from that. That was my next question. How did you have the courage to do that though? Um, my my brain is hardwired. You remember the first video or the first or the first piece of content you put out there? I remember them, and my one of my best friends messaged me straight after. She was so sweet. She's like, "I'm so proud of you. You look so awkward." <laughs> um, but you know, I am an awkward little turtle. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and she's like, "You did so good." And then she just keep doing them. And I was terrified. My friends, one of my friends said to me, "Oh, you got it all in the first shot. You did so good." And I laughed and I thought, wow, I'm so glad you thought that. That took me about two hours. <laughs> it was like... It's like a 10-second video. Yeah. Tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it was just... It's like a muscle. And I know people say it's yeah. muscle all the time, but you just flex it and practice and practice yeah. and practice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. seeing your face and talking to no Hearing one... Hearing your own voice. Yeah. Oh, my god. And talking to no one. Yeah, I'm talking to no one in yeah. your little office. Yeah, it was funny. The other night I was recording a video and I was walking up and down this hallway just here. And I think it was about an hour as well. Yeah. Um, and I think I had about 45 takes of it, 50 takes on my phone, and I eventually got the right one. But, you know, that's what it takes to keep going. And you know, then I cut. learned that to just pop up the first one. Yeah. And you learn that yeah. you honestly yeah. do now when yeah. I do Insta stories. Chuck the yeah, first one up. on. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I could be pulling a face. Like, you guys <laughs> yeah. will be fine. Yeah, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, but I think you do. You feel really judged. Yeah. And I still feel judged when mm, I do it. Yeah. And I think more than anything, we're judging ourselves. True. Um, it's our own, it's our, we're talking to ourselves. We're putting ourselves down. Yeah. yeah. But it is. It, it was confronting putting yeah. myself out there yeah. in front of everybody and then especially when I started to share things I was really passionate about yeah. um, and hope people were on board. Did it get easier then when you were sharing what you were more passionate about? To be honest, I think it got more scary, which is ironic, but I think because I cared about it so much. Mm. So if people weren't interested... You're too worried about what the others would say. I might you feel were offended. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 Yeah. So why did you get into Instagram though? Like, did you, why did you think that would be the thing obviously now someone's starting a business it'd be silly to not even be on social media you just know that now but then again three years ago it was relatively popular for socializing but the whole business thing on social media probably wasn't socially accepted just as yet yeah when i first set up my business so this is then five years ago yeah um so social media is very very new at this point i've been using facebook Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't really enjoy it didn't feel super drawn to it and i set up a business session um with uh, a family friend um 
Thank you. Who did my like ABN, my business name, okay. um, talked me through some ropes, like the basics yeah, of running yeah. a business. My mum paid him by making him pasta. <laughs> um, it was a great deal. Love it. Um, Love got to start somewhere. That's it. And he sat down with me after work one night and he kind of just talked me through it and he set me a challenge. He said, I want you to do two Instagram posts a week. And I had a personal Instagram at the time I didn't really use. And I don't know, that that night really was pivotal for me. I don't even think he knows this. Um, and that it really got me being like, okay, people believe me. It was my mum, my brother and my family friend. And people want to hear from me. I put out the first post, which was just the logo. I changed the handle from Adriana to yeah, yeah. Mickey Rose. And the support was phenomenal. And something clicked. I remember that night I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I haven't thought about this in ages. And I wrote a plan at, in true me style of all the things I could start sharing for my two posts As a week. Content and you share. Content yeah, I yeah, could share. Yeah. And when something gets you excited like that, mm. it is the answer. Yeah, when yeah. something keeps you from sleeping because yeah. you want a pen and paper and be like, okay, I'm this, this, <laughs> this, this, this. I can share where I got the name from because it was, you know, it was named after my dad and my mum's um, best friend who had passed away a few years earlier. I could share that. I could share my first fabric. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I was beyond excited. Game on. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no stopping. So I think that is how I realised and how now, now that I've practised how to, realize that excitement when you're excited about something it is your answer yeah yeah give us some tips on how to post like what would be your if someone said to you okay or someone is out there saying, oh, I've got, i know i've got to post content i know i've got to share my own perspective i've got to whatever like what would be your five tips first is that you love what you're sharing about so okay. I don't actually post at the moment for my business um, a lot. I share on stories every day because I love them. <laughs> um, well, stories is a thing right now. Yeah. It's, it's pretty popular. You know, it's where uh, – that would probably actually be my next tip. People spend more time on stories yeah. than they yeah. do in their feed. The feed. Um, so yeah. I spend a lot of time on my stories and I truly enjoy being there. It's really important. When it comes to content, post things you're actually passionate about. Yeah. Um, you know, I post a lot of – my face and my friend's face <laughs> because yeah. at the end of the day my friends are what I love it that's my fun stuff yeah, yeah and yeah. then the caption might be a bit more you know in, you know intimate yeah, yeah. Um, a lot about um, travel and whatever I'm interested in yeah, because yeah. you want people who are interested in what you're interested in yeah because the game gets tiring totally but when I it's agree. what you enjoy yeah a little bit yeah, easier yeah other thing is what about for like recording content like if, if, some, if someone's out there wants to create a video like they've got to put their face and like these like when we the first time we did it, we didn't like it at all. Yeah. Like, how did you get through that? Other than just doing it, which I know is ultimately part of the answer. Yeah. But is there anything else that the way you hold the camera, the way you look, the sun, the light, this, that? Like, yeah. What is it? I think a big thing is knowing your content. Okay. So know, um, which was what I was about to say. Like, really know what you want to communicate. Yeah, like what you want to share. Uh, I'm yeah. And don't. I'm a very fast. We're both are. Yeah, we're yeah. very like fast paced. Hear yeah. my facts. Talker. Let's yeah. go by. Yeah. You know, five or so slides yeah. or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, I'd say that's really important. The other thing is holding it in a way that you can see your whole face, um, <laughs> where you're comfortable and confident. Your yeah. face is like towards the top of the screen. Okay. Um, in the middle. And the uh, top is really important to me. Yeah. When I'm watching someone else talk okay. and when I'm watching myself talk. Yeah. Um, and understand that it's it's about more than just you. 
I think when I realised I was doing it to serve even five people, that's when it yeah. got easier. Yeah. When I yeah. get DMs and messages and people who see me bump into me and be like, oh, I'm loving this at the moment. You shared this the other day. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, when you know it's yeah. more than just about yeah. you and your ego yeah. when posting stuff yeah. to look cool. You push for those fears as well as the whole ego thing. Yeah. Um, those sort of get broken away yeah because you get that random message once a week once a month once a day yeah that one person that says it was that one line that you said that you know but now they're going to listen to this and be like you know what now i feel confident and i had to hold my head at the top of the screen <laughs> um you know and get to know but definitely get to know your content i think yeah. you know because then if you start stuffing up the video then you start to doubt everything yeah and i don't overly plan i think mm. that's I don't know if that's my style or something important to share. I kind of just know, okay, so the other day I did a set of stories yesterday on what each of my sessions were about. All I knew is that I have four sessions, one slide per session. I didn't meticulously plan because I didn't want it to sound scripted. I just like to chat. That's really important. Scripts are bad though because if you forget one word, you forget the whole script. And you want it to come... You know, I, I'm a healer now, guys. You want it to come from your soul, <laughs> yeah, okay? <laughs> it want to be a natural flow. No, I agree. And a lot of times that I do the speaking and, and, and emceeing, like, I remember the first time I did it, I tried to memorize like a, an intro uh, for Turia Pitt. And the first time I, like, I memorized it and I got it good. The second time I forgot one word, like one of the awards that she'd won and like it just threw me right off yeah. like halfway through. So then the third time I did it, I just got my own piece of paper and I read down like dot points. Yeah. And then that one word sparked me for that sentence. And then once I finished that sentence, I just knew that the next dot point was like this award. And then bang. Perfect. It breaks, breaks it down like that. And same thing goes if you're doing any lives. Yeah, so definitely. I've done lives where they're myself and my followers are asking questions or interacting. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I've also done lives where another host is asking questions. Okay. So I've known the topics. Yeah, okay. I get a piece of paper. I don't write everything. Yeah. I just write key points. Yeah. Especially if combo gets dry. Yeah. Okay. And that happens a lot in lives. Oh yeah. Okay. And you feel yeah. a little bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Have the t- have the sheet and just glance down yeah. and be like, sweet, I can now start chatting about XYZ. XYZ yeah. Let's yeah. go. And there's no there's no shame, there's no fear, there's no if you look down at the paper. Oh no. Because you're better off doing that than just standing there and not saying anything. Yeah. You know, because then people are going to be like, well, what are you doing? Is she going to say something? So yeah. you better off taking that one second, have a quick glance down, get your word, get your sentence and start again. And get um, your fellow supporters on there. I always, <laughs> I would text all my besties, yeah, okay, yeah. going live, yeah. jump on for the first few minutes. Just so it looks like it's rocking. <laughs> it's good for the algorithm though. Because people are jumping on at the start and the, the algorithm pumps you more because it thinks yeah. it's a... It's a popular thing. Yeah, I uh, asked a lot of favours from friends and family. I thank you so much. Just log on, put the volume on zero. I don't care if you can't hear me. Just, just log in there. I asked for a lot of favours. And you know, you got to at the start of business. There's no yeah. shame in that. Yeah. Ask, for yeah. the, ask for it. Love it, yeah. Get as many people that can help you work for free. Um, and then just return them one way or another. Yeah. Um, give Love. them some of your product or some of their ser- your service. Whatever you've got. Just get their assistance some way. Your mum's pasta, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I've had all that. And the food and the salami. It exactly. all works. It all works. So social media obviously is big. So now you've gone from Mickey Rose clothing design label and said it was amazing, it was great, amazing time, not doing that anymore. And maybe going on a 180, maybe like a 190. It's completely opposite direction. Um, 
What are you doing now? It's very different. It's very unique um, to what I was doing or what I ever thought I was going to do. The funny thing is, though, in high school, I did want to be a psychologist, okay. um, but I didn't want to study. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I went to TAFE, by the way, and even that was a stretch for me. Um, and I didn't do very well in year 12. So I was like, okay, well, no, becoming a psychologist for me. But I still realized I had this like insane buzz through me about people. It was all about people. It was literally about nothing else, but it was like people. You want to help people, grow people, people, people. And this voice, I was like, what the hell am I doing? I thought it was more through um, like poverty at that time yeah. um, and, and the environment. Like charities and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where I thought I was more headed. Um, but when I closed Mickey Rose, I gave myself a few months. And I think this is really important when you are in a phase of transition, massive transition, that you allow yourself a little bit of time where you just compose, get yourself together, be, meditate yeah. a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's when the idea of what I do now came about, which isn't completely solidified, but essentially um, what I do is I'm a coach. So I work with small businesses, um, showing them how to take action. So that is my big passion point. So, you know, people are more aligned when they are taking inspired action Mm -hmm. and my clients walk away and they get stuff done. And to me, that is everything. But also making sure their business still lights them up. Of course. You know, is this aligning with you? Is this giving you or taking away from your energy? Yeah. Um, so the business coaching is one component. The other component is healing. So um, in my downtime of my few months, I had a very insane, I guess, spiritual awakening, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, very intense. And I realized... Um, I might lose a few of you now, but that's fine. I was no, no. <laughs> I was psychic um, and a medium, which has actually been really well received by my community, um, friends, uh, friends from a more distant community that I was a bit apprehensive of how people would respond. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've had people from my high school, my uni message me and be like, oh my gosh, you were born for this career. Um, so that oh. was pretty epic yeah, um yeah. so that's part of it the healing work so that's more readings yeah, with people yeah. more from an energetic level so where mm-hmm. are our blockages and um our limitations within our energy realm um more than just our mind yeah, and yeah. what's stopping us yeah. and i work more with limitations okay. so what's stopping us from having the exact life we want yeah, yeah. so it's not so much about sitting there and telling your future i'm not yeah. so being interested <laughs> in that yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more about from an energetic point of view how do we okay. support people in getting the most out of their lives mm, all the time mm, mm, mm. Um, and along with that there's you know personal growth sessions yeah. which I've yeah. just launched thanks Love to it. a good friend who <laughs> that name um, and Instagram strategy sessions but the Instagram strategy sessions again are about alignment they're about how do we get really clear on what we want mm, to share mm, with the world yeah. um, our message which gives us energy and more love for totally. life ultimately yeah and it's, it's like all three slash three and a half, four sections all go almost hand in hand. They all flow 100% together, yeah. you know, because uh, yeah. once you do have personally yourself right, then you can start to understand the business better and start to take action on the business. And then like you said, you can start to focus on social media, which now any business, if they're not on social media, then I, or any of the platforms, there are yeah. multiple. Like I think if you're not on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram, at least then you're not probably doing business properly. Yeah, are you even there? Are you and, even in business? Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, it's how the world works now. Yeah, so. yeah. And to have someone who's 
done it well successfully and like I said 80 to 90% of your sales were off Instagram like that's incredible crazy so obviously you got some track record so it makes sense that you now share that with people you know and how they can do the exact same thing you know Um, and again if it does come a lot of the time and I think definitely like we said with the brand we're probably more connected to Nike because of the story and the brand behind it people are probably more connected to your label because of the story behind it exactly right like realistically don't take this the wrong way but leggings are leggings bibs are bibs exactly t-shirts are t-shirts so why do I buy a Nike t-shirt for compared to a Puma one it could be $10 cheaper and then the same thing goes in a service business why use my service and not someone else's spot on Um, I've only been doing it for two months Um, but I think what I realised again and I implemented the same strategy Mm. in this business people buy you at the end of the day Uh, and that's not in a in a a harsh you know salesy way that's just in a truth way especially I think with social media now being that people are you can read the bullshit. You can catch the bullshit out on social media now, you know, and that's why Facebook has become so fussy and so tough to post and, and market on, even though they've tried different ways to, they, I know um, they tried a way where there was two feeds. There was one feed for just friends and whatever. And then it was another feed, which was purely only ads. So they trialed that for a period of time and obviously they didn't roll it out. So there was two feeds where they, that's what they were thinking of, but yeah. then they, it didn't work because then I would never go on the ads feed. Like, what would I go on there for? Yeah. I'm not going to, okay, cool. Right now I want to go on Facebook and look for ads. Like, no oh, one would do that. Yeah. yeah. But they tried because they thought maybe they could create a bit of separation to help the news feed people have, like people that aren't interested in being sold uh, of a product or service, yeah. you know. Um, but I think that's awesome that you're doing the social media things as well. as And again, like I said, it all sort of ties in well um, and then ends with, you know, them going out there and doing it. Yeah, and I really wanted it all to complement each other. I I learned all the things I was really passionate about along the way. And I work for my brother's business at the moment as well. And they're, you know, on on a bigger scale, implementing strategies and procedures. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, who knew? This (laughs) excited me so much. Yeah, definitely. Um, And explaining them and breaking them apart and looking at growth and scale and, and how to do that on an even bigger in a bigger business, yeah. So you prefer, like, do you, do you like to work with smaller businesses? Like, what's your... I'd say at the moment, I prefer small. Small um, And yeah. I'd say... Starting or already started or... I, I like already started, um, yeah. but I do work with startups. Yeah. But I yeah. do love the traction that an already yeah. uh, a small business that's, you know, yeah. running the gears and might be having a few blockages yeah. along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my clients felt like her time management wasn't great yeah. another felt like she wasn't getting enough sales per yeah. week yeah um, what do you see to be like the biggest key thing like for a startup what do you see is like you know it's pretty consistent that this is always the speed hump that they're facing backing themselves mm. through and through it sounds basic yeah. but it's actually not so they personally yeah not backing themselves and not following through so one thing i'm really really major on is follow through so if you have an idea follow through with it make it happen and what I show them is how to break that down and this is what I love into actionable chunks so what's the first thing so I had a client who wanted to open all these spaces do all these amazing things Um, hadn't started the business yet so absolutely from scratch and I thought okay I pulled her apart in a session she said she looked at me she's like how did you do that (laughs) Um, and we found one thing to start just one and it was a, a, a one night event, just one. Two hours, that's all I was asking from her. Ten people, that's it. It's not a lot. 
okay, so that was breaking down this big, 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 massive, vision. overbearing yeah. vision yeah. to a one-night chunk, yeah. and then we broke it down again, and we thought, okay, what do we need to do today, tomorrow, this week only, yeah. to get it happening? Okay, yeah. we need an Instagram, we need um, emails set up, we need, oh, like, some traction in terms of a vision of the, how the night will run. Yeah. So yeah. literally just having yeah. having that, um, which is a really good example. Hope she doesn't mind me using it. But it's such not. a great yeah. example yeah. of how to break things yeah. down into that very, very first point. What I realized was my specialty is taking action mm-hmm. um, and massive action. Yeah. And I thought, okay, how do I teach this? Yeah. How yeah. do I reverse engineer what goes on in my brain yeah. Yeah. to show yeah. other people to do exactly you've done it and you've successfully done it. So it's like, oh, whatever you're doing and whatever you're thinking, whatever you actually do is working. So now how can I create that into something that I can show people and teach them to get them to do that. Because honestly, this is me personally think that procrastination is bullshit and like the only reason that we don't take action is because we don't know what to do or we don't, we're not clear on what we need to do. And I think sometimes it's because it's not what we want to do Correct. and people label yeah. it, yeah. oh, that's procrastination. Mate, it's probably just something you don't like doing Correct. or you don't want to do. Like, it's just some word. It's a great word. Like whoever came up with it and like they're buzzing around with it. Like, that's after them. You're like, great. But I think it, it means like, it just means that like you you're not doing something like if you know how to bake a cake you'll bake it if you don't know how to bake the cake you won't bake it the thing is though if if I had to bake a cake for instance I don't enjoy baking I don't enjoy being in the kitchen so I would avoid the task however instead of wasting my life what I could do is just go to Coles and decorate a cute cake which I did (laughs) the other day and I and did you walk in saying that you made it Kind of. She didn't buy it. <laughs> um, but I think that shows that procrastination thing. If it, it, obviously, yeah. there's some things in life we just have to do. I of get course. that. Yeah. But how can you get around yeah. this to avoid procrastination yeah. and wasting your time yeah. and your life yeah. um, and your minutes? Just commit. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Get someone else to do it. But if you know that you can't afford it, like you don't have the budget to get someone to build a website or you don't have the budget to, to get someone to do sales or whatever it might be, if you can't get someone else to do it, then you're going to have to suck it up and do it to so learn how to do it. Uh, all it is is just you don't want to do it. Yeah. You don't want to do it or you don't know how to do it. So go and learn. And I think That's a really it. good thing I learned there, which really helped me, was, okay, if there's something you don't really want to be doing in your business or your life, but you understand the stepping stone of why you need to do it, um, I think that really helps as well. Definitely. Yeah. And then you understand, okay, this is something I need to do right now to get to the extreme goal of, yeah, or goal. to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one thing my brother and I in business always talk about, okay, now we understand all elements of business so when we hire someone to do this we know what to expect Mm, mm, and i think there's a lot of power in that so find this reasoning behind it yeah Uh, everything's a mind game i think like you said like reverse engineering is is super important like yes have the big five-year 10-year vision goal plan to be running events all over australia all over the world Uh, but then eventually say okay cool that's what i want to do in 10 years but to get there i need to run one nighter that has 10 people in it. And this is something I'm so passionate about because what I've noticed in talking to people over the last few months, that's where they're, that's where they're stopping. Mm. They're stopping at that point of like, okay, I'd love to do this yeah. big thing. Yeah. So I'm just going to avoid it and keep yeah. doing something else yeah. and then how do I Because it's boring it? to say I want to do a one-nighter. Like it's, one, it's boring to say I want to do one night with 10 people. But I, I don't think it's that it's boring though. I'm of the opinion, and this is just my opinion, that people don't realise that you can break it down to something so small. Well, That's yeah, what I'm yeah, realising okay. with my clients yeah, more yeah. than anything because when I suggested something like that, or my client actually came up with it in, in a session, she was pumping, she was excited. Love it. She was Love like, it. oh my God. But she's got clarity on it. 
she had this big vision of wanting to get to five years, but it's like, shit, now how do I make that happen? 100%. And it sounds like, I've got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to happen, that's got to happen, I've got this to go that way, that's got to go that way, and then maybe I'll get there. Yeah, I think Instead of just taking a breather and saying, okay, cool, that's five years away, let's worry about what we're going to do this week. Yep. And how exactly. can we paint the picture? How can we get a, a product, a service, whatever it might be, out there? It may not be perfect. I love that saying they say if you look back on your first logo and you laugh or you're embarrassed of like the first branding, the, then you've done it right. Like, yeah. That's the way it should be. Um, I can definitely testify to that. <laughs> um, I, I've, yeah. Think some, we some, okay. some of the shit that we created was uh, disappointing, to say the least. But it's great. Like It's a good story to tell. It's important. Yeah, yeah. it's part of the journey. What was... Um, I guess maybe from Mickey Rose, even before, or even now. What's one thing that you've learned that really just like blew you away? Gosh. It could be a skill, or it might have to be like a saying. For um, me, I think it'd be a mindset. Um, it's something I really bang on about a lot. Um, but it would be that I'm in control of my mind, but I'm actually not in control of everything. Mm. I am a absolute control freak. Um, and that I can't control everything. But one thing I can control is my outlook and how I look at it and how I understand it, how I regulate my emotions. Um, that was a really big battle for me. I had a really hard time with emotion and understanding them. And um, I had to really backtrack and really understand that. I think that was a really, really profound lesson I learned, which supported my business too. Because if you can get your emotional intelligence and well-being to a really good place, your business will excel. Did you Absolutely. try and make sure that there was, not make sure, but minimize the amount of emotional attachment that you had to the business? I was, funnily enough, I was majorly probably too attached to the business in terms of like, you know, I called it, it was my baby, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. you know, my everything, it's, you know, it's the part, it's my What was your first? Like you were 21, like, yeah, this is my thing. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think that's a healthy way to look mm. at business. Yeah. So mm. my personality being all or nothing was like all in to... Um, it's my everything, it's my life, it's my identity. But then I could do the other extreme with my emotional absolute detachment. Absolute. Um, so I try, I'm still learning how to find some gray area. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, with social media, definitely it would have come with a lot of hate slash, you know, people have words to say. Did it, did it come? And then when it did, how did you handle it? Did it impact you? Was it on your mind before you even started saying shit maybe people might you know say something that I may not agree with I think the biggest thing I was always nervous about is just will it be good enough Mm -hmm. not will someone backlash me and be rude but will they just roll their eyes boring I'm gone that was that I am I enough I am enough yeah. am I enough you yeah. know yeah. am I posting at 8 o'clock or, yeah. or 9, 9 o'clock or 8.30 or quarter past <laughs> quarter past 8 that's the thing that's <laughs> the thing guys um, and I think I, I really wrapped myself up in that and, I, and then I needed like social media hiatuses where I just disappear from the whole thing because yeah. I was so nervous yeah. about it and I'm not like that as much anymore I don't put as yeah. much power and importance on on, an, on something like that yeah it's yeah. crazy um However, there was certain people that were just like, look, I really understand what you were saying there, but look, you know, I think one person told a friend that I was just a bit not quite right, which was a very interesting (laughs) feedback. Um, Yeah, I'm not too sure. And I liked it, to be honest. I was like, fabulous. Um, But that was as much as I let it roll off my shoulder, I think to hear someone had said that 
um, that some people had said little things like that was a bit weird yeah. or a lot of the comments were like, oh, she's very quirky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And learning to appreciate that about my personality, I started to squash it about my personality instead of embrace it. Because yeah, yeah. um, I thought, oh, quirky, weird, like it sounds not good. <laughs> um, but learning to kind yeah. of harness that in yeah. myself and yeah. whatever part of, you know, you might be quiet, you know, really making that part of yourself grow um, and using it to the best of your ability. And I had to use that part no matter what people are saying. I think like you said there, like if you, which you said earlier as well, is that when you're sharing the content, it's not about you. So if you're, you're actually sharing it for the possibility, well, the definite possibility that someone out there might take something from it. So then when you do get those haters, okay, cool, I've got one person that says you're quirky, but then I've got 10 people that have just come in and said, hey, that was the best thing I've heard all day. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. So what, you always what make weighs more, like what has more impact on like yourself yeah. is that the fact that 10 people came in and said that was the best thing I heard compared to the one person who's probably got their own shit going on and says, oh, you're too quirky to put yourself on social media. Like it's just, it means nothing. And I think when you're, again, when you're being really, really in yourself um, and just sharing that side of you and sharing what, naturally comes good to you there is this automatic thing that people are like not really gonna mess with her correct yeah um because they're like oh she's doing her thing she's being herself we respect that yeah 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 Yeah, true and because then like i said you can see the bullshit yeah you can see when people are like scripted you can see when it's like a perfect scene for a video and then they're the ones that you just scroll through now. Like no one even looks at that shit anymore. No. You know, they're probably looking at the guy who's or the girl who's just like walking down the beach or has the sun in her eyes and like squinting or whatever because it looks a bit more, okay, cool, that's probably just a normal person having a chat. And I think it is, it goes back to whatever's good for you. But as well, I listened to Gary Vee talk the other day. Love Gary Vee. Um, love it, power. Uh, he mentioned uh, it was a young guy, he was be like 10, practicing to become a YouTuber. And his biggest advice, which I really had to remind, almost write down in you know one of my workbooks to remember, is that just keep delivering content, mm-hmm. content, content, content. Yeah. If your viewers go down, that's okay because the ones that are watching are the ones you want, Correct. The and they're the ones, ones yeah. that you know you want in your tribe and your mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. And it's more about building a community. The rest will follow yeah, than anything else. Keep delivering yeah. content, yeah, good I, content. I agree because I, I remember when I first started like my personal brand and had a fan page you know started out again being a tradie like that was unheard of like I was probably the first tradie in Australia to probably do that you know yeah um, just putting it out there maybe it was maybe I wasn't I don't know um but then to continue you know I remember the first, like for the first six months I'd post something and get like three likes like my mum and dad and like me I, I like it myself you know I still do yeah you know like you have to um but then so, like, it just naturally grows but I didn't think about that I didn't focus on that. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Well, I keep putting the content out there for the same thing of like, you know, following the Gary V's, following the um, Ty Lopez's, and that's what they say. Just keep posting content, keep sharing, keep putting the word out there, and people will eventually come on board. And again, when you're sharing your perspective, like you when you're sharing the story, like the back end of Mickey Rose, like the behind the scenes stuff, when would I ever get the chance to see that? Exactly. Like, when would I ever get the chance to see like, what goes into designing a label? Like, you, you never do. So to have someone do that, it keeps people engaged. It keeps them wanting to know more about what you're doing. And now I'm really big on that, on sharing that and truly just whatever I feel called to kind of share. I have a bit of a plan, but yeah, really following that. Five years ago, do you see that you would have been like here? Well, five (laughs) years ago, you started Mickey Rose. Um, So you... Yeah. yeah, not at all. So for me, I think it's a really um, big shift because mm. I was so adamant of having a fashion industry 
being in the fashion industry, yeah. did an interview recently on the concept of change. Yeah, yeah. And it was really fascinating because I realised how scared people are of that yeah. and how this fear of is of change yeah. and how that fear is that, okay, if I am in the fashion industry and I've told everyone I love it and I'm sure there's people going through this exact thing right now and I've told everyone I would commit and I've put it in my 10-year vision, okay, I'm just going to stay and be a, a miserable mess and pump in another 20, 30, 40K, yeah. um, which needed to happen into the business. Um, or they do the other option where they just don't start anything out of that mm. fear of committing yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that fear of people being like, but, but you started. And I did a lot of deep work around that, like, you know, really almost ancestral work, childhood work, yeah. to see my relationship with change. Mm. Mm. I mm. love change, but it's not common. Okay. Um, yeah. And then yeah. I really looked at, okay, why do people like change? Why was it so scary that I just up and left a whole industry? Um, so, no, I never would have pictured this. No, but definitely. I, I, I agree with people. It is a bit of a fear deciding to leave an industry, deciding to leave something that you've learned. Like if you've spent five years at uni, all that capital, and now you're like, well, I worked there for three years and I want to change. It's like, shit. Yeah. You know, what are people going to think? And I had put a lot of money <laughs> into this business to this, then just walk away. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but it was a time. It was the right thing to do. Looking back now, you probably think it was the best thing. Like if you stayed and tried to stick it out, you probably end up resenting it. Um, So if you're going to commit, like commit and say, that's it, I'm done. I couldn't have made a better decision. I am like actually genuinely probably one thing I'm really proud of. Love it, love it. It'll go down in the uh, the autobiography. 100%, it's going in the book, guys. (laughs) When it comes out. Um, Why you though? Why did you like become successful? Like why did you do Mickey Rose well? What happens in between in between your two years and your brain? Like, what is that? Like, why is there something? Is there one thing in particular? Is there multiple things? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I want it. You know, I don't want it to be something that I say and then I go home. I'm like, I wish I said a more intense, profound thing. Because the truth is, I have done a lot of self development work and a lot of hard, deep work on my personality, on my beliefs, um, on my systems in my brain the way I talk to myself I've totally restructured all my self-talk and I think that's a massive part of of why I'm quote-unquote successful Um, because really I'm not doing anything crazy in this in my lifetime Mm, I'm just living out what I love and I'm enjoying my life it's really that simple I just found what I loved I also think I got really good at a really young age, and you can start this at any age, at listening to myself, at listening to that first soft whisper in your mind that tells you the answer, your gut feeling, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, and working with that and going, okay, that's the next step. That's truly part of why I do business. Yeah. Just go off the gut. And I'd say the other major thing is I believe in myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, love it. Like I do. I just well, no one else going to believe in us unless we do. Yeah. yeah. Why not? And if I, you know, I don't do I don't do most things perfect. I'm really just trying and I am working really hard yeah, and I don't, yeah. I always want people to remember that as well. Like I work hard at my mental health mm. every day. I work hard at my, um, my general health because I haven't come from perfect health. Yeah, um, yeah, I work yeah. hard at my businesses. I work hard at any people I work for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes with a lot of hard, comes yeah. with a lot of hard work. Definitely. Definitely. Is there, has there been something that someone has said to you, something you've read, something you heard, something you saw, 
that really just like sticks with you? Like, was it like, like every day do you just like say something to yourself like that you've heard or like? One thing I really um, how do you get like up every day? Is it's funny because it's a struggle for me, and I'll be honest, it's something I really struggle with mornings. I'm making mornings, my friends. Definitely. Um, Love it. Learning some tips, and I I think one major thing I've learned from Louise Hay, um, who wrote "You Can Heal Your Life," incredible, one of the most groundbreaking books I've ever read. Um, she talks about loving yourself and accepting yourself. When I wake up in the morning, I look at myself dead in the mirror and I say out loud, I love and approve of myself. Even if I'm like, you know what? The other voice is like, you're a lazy piece of shit, <laughs> which it says a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I say it again. I love and I approve of myself. I love and approve of myself until that voice is louder. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that was a real game changer for me. And not just saying it in your head, kind of believing yeah. it out loud yeah. in the mirror. It means so much more when you actually say yeah. it. And if you're really you feeling confident, yeah, yeah, do it before you have a shower. So you're not clothed. Um, there's <laughs> yeah. something, and it's serious. There's something about vulnerability yeah, of seeing yeah. yourself at, like a pure form that um, on all the bits you don't like about yourself because we're generally so judgmental that's like, all right, I got this. Yeah. yeah you approve it, you accept it, you embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, love that, love that. If you could sort of, like if there was someone else out there now who said they want to get into, let's say, clothing, design, label. Like what would be the first thing? Or even, you know what? Let's just say business in general. If there's one thing that they needed to get sorted out personally, like what would it be? My biggest thing, my probably my biggest regret from Mickey Rose, and I've altered this regret now, have a coach. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, just by chance, I went to Bali and I did a retreat um, with two of my faves. Yeah, Shout yeah. out. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and I got... I met these two guys and I was like, yep, yeah, I need you guys supporting me through this journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, good people like in your corner. And I promised myself when I left Mickey Rose that I would have coaches, mentors, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, support crew, yeah. somebody I paid yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. to bring me on this journey with me. And I would say to anyone from the get-go, do yeah. it. It was, I think, part of the reason I left my industry uh, because I didn't have enough support. Okay. Uh, friends and family are great, but at the end of the day, they yeah. were not experts in my field. Totally. Um, and and, and they, they won't tell you what you need to hear. No. They'll tell you because they love you that it's okay. Good job. It's yeah, okay. You, know, you my, can go again tomorrow. Yeah, my, one of my coaches, Emil, he said to me in Bali, um, why do you always wear a mask? And I was like, excuse me? Like, how dare you pull me apart like that? <laughs> and I think there's something really powerful mm. in that, that someone sees you beyond yeah. you and says, yeah. okay, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why are you so afraid of vulnerability? Mm. You know, that mm. was a really big thing for me and got yeah. to pull me apart. Yeah. So get a coach, get a mentor, yeah. or seek any type of really professional help. Yeah. So you're making sure you're working on that mental Correct. side yeah. along with your business yeah. side. And it's almost like having a business partner in a way. Exactly. It's like they're always in there, but they don't have any share. Like they don't take any money. They, yeah, just, they, just, they just help you make it. Help and tell you in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And they guide and direct you and show you the next door and paint the path for you. Yeah, basically. an amazing quote I read recently was that you know a, a, a multimillionaire has ten coaches or something. There you you go. know, up to okay. from their trainer, from yeah. their board, yeah. from their you know yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you can adopt the mindset of like being like that sponge. Adopt that mindset of okay, cool. I need to learn some shit. Yeah, you know, because like you said, like we're never gonna know everything, and every day, like you're never gonna know the actual next step. No. You may know the next step for one extreme of it, 
but you're not going to know the entire next 12 months. You're just not. And I so think someone that's been through it and who has the experience can maybe say, you know what, Jamie, Adriana, you seem to focus on what's happening in the next three weeks, two months, whatever it might be, and I've got you covered. I see the bigger picture. And they can guide you through that navigation. Yeah, and even that you get that support person mm, mm. and they ask you really powerful questions. Yeah. Questions yeah. that I'm all about powerful questions. Yeah. I ask myself a lot of hard hitting mm, questions mm. all day long. Yeah. Yeah. However, yeah. they just get in on this other level yeah. and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. You need people in your corner. Love it, love it. Well Adriana, thank you. That was a an amazing episode. Went in uh, pretty deep there, covered some good information. I love the social media section. That was good. I have I know a lot of people get a lot out of that. Because um, I think that's a big thing. People want to get themselves out there more, build their brand, build a company brand. Well, you have to have a company brand either way. You definitely got to build your own brand. So, like some key points there on how to do that. So, again, thank you very much. We'll definitely have your uh, social media tags in the in the show notes. Uh, so, definitely reach out to Adriana. Follow her online. Just you know what? Watch how she does her stuff. Watch what she does. Follow her. Get her on. Get on board. Um, wish you all the best for the 2019 uh, and the new businesses as well, which is exciting. Thank you, thank you. I'm no ready worries. To kill it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, enjoy. Have a beautiful morning, afternoon, night, whatever it is, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this. Until next time, take care.